0: Ladies and gentlemen, and our friends beyond the binary. It is time, it is time to put your ears together for India. India. <laughs> 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 Love the smell of a burning laptop fan in the morning. Hey, hey, you take cover. Here they're these social media dragons. We fight them together. Are you with me? Yeah. May the door be with you. Will it render or will it? End? everything that's that's all we got welcome to indie af and the second part of the chatterama to the amazing mr paul bay yes i'm sarah golding hello and i truly hope you feel inspired by these chats herein sit back relax and enjoy indie af woohoo yeah so I think with the with the final piece you've chosen the eye of the lord I I think this for me is sort of the most uh, visually evocative really and the connection as well of family and uh, and as you say mentioned earlier sort of the religious uh, kind of connection too I think it's it's just a fascinating thing to explore so uh, you spoke a little bit already of the, the music that uh, made this specific scene kind of important so I don't know if you want to fill in any more details as to why you've chosen this today.
1: This this one was um this this started as uh, a reflection just like I talked with, um, with all God's children. This is mm. taken from my time where I was very angry at God um, okay. when I when I lost my faith, and I sometimes felt like if I could see God's face, I would just want to punch him in the face, right? Because wow. he created me this way with this mind, so it's actually his his fault for for my atheism and making okay, me miserable. Okay. And so that's what I felt like. Uh, and then I thought yeah. th- that image of punching God in the face. It's always sort of stuck with me. And then when it came, I was out having a drink uh, on my deck and the moon was like quite large over the mountains. I thought, ooh, imagine if God's eye suddenly showed up right there. And it started with that image. And then, uh, yeah, that's how we came up with the story. Like just uh, uh, just this ineffectual anger at the universe uh, Mm. for things out of your control. uh, And how do you contextualize yourself with it? And, And I wanted something that made you feel small, but that's at the center of something quite large. Okay. Um, so that's what this, uh,
0: this was trying to, on ourselves, yeah, let's have a listen.
2: He was in his room. Sean was napping on the bed, dad caressing his head. When he saw me, he held his hand out for me. He put me on his lap like he used to do when I was smaller. And he was holding the photograph of him and mom. And he said, you have no idea how beautiful she was. She was the most beautiful woman on the planet. The universe has people like her to make up for the ugliness. She balances it all out. And then he looked at me and said, you are like her. You don't know it now. And I remember holding on to him. I didn't want to let him go. How do you let go of your own father? I didn't care about the rest of the world. Who cares about the rest of the world? It's not like it cares about me. I wanted my father to stay with me. It's not fair. It's not fair that the world gets to continue because of my father, but takes him from me. Because then how do I continue? I just wanted my daddy. I just want my daddy. We watched from the control room. No one had any idea what was going to happen. No one was even sure why they were doing seconds. this. It's almost 12, as if 11, doing something is better than doing nothing at all. Ignition sequence start. Six, and then it began. Five, four, three, Countdown. Two, one. He went up into the sky in a straight line. It was so fast. I could hear him on the comm. He was telling us what he saw as it was happening. You could see it on the monitor. And there was a camera in the cockpit. And that's when I saw it. On the dial in front of him.
0: The photograph. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the imagery there of how the writing just conjures up, you know, just the landscape, what that space looks like, what the ship is like, what the photo is like on the dashboard or whatever it's called of the rocket ship. <laughs> it's, it's, there's so many beautiful images in that. And I think that you convey that very Deftly through your writing, um, but music was at the heart of this piece, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, the the Kai Engel piece that I found for free on the Free Music Archive. Mm. Uh, I contacted Kai Engel and said, "Hey, j- just let you know this is going to be a central piece in the in the in the climax of my story." Um, and then uh, you know he's, he's always very gracious, mm-hmm. uh, as a lot of audio dramatists know who's worked with Kai Engel or or used his music. And then mm-hmm. I, I just handed it to Steve uh, uh, to to put together, and I said, "Listen, I I, t- I did my best to time her words with this mm-hmm. music." Uh, we can't get another edit from Kai, so mm-hmm. can, can, do what you can. And he just did it perfectly. He just did a perfect sound. He created all that, that he got that sound somewhere from the NASA archives. <laughs> uh, yes. and so the free archives. And then, yeah, just, we, we made do with what we had and, mm-hmm. and Steve's just very resourceful. And when he handed it to me, I couldn't, it, 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 it's, it's one of those moments where it's, it's exactly what I wanted it to be
0: I without mean. knowing what
1: it was going to be. <laughs> really, uh, exactly. And Steve, just somehow we've known each other since grade three and four. Oh. Uh, we've been friends since then, and we're both wow. in our fifties now, so we know each say, other really now. well.
0: Twenty-one now, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, Gloria.
1: So having someone work with you on, you know, we've always wanted to work on something together. So having someone uh, that knows me really well, knows my mind, know how I think, knows my aesthetic yeah. sense, uh, he yeah. put it together like that. He goes, "I thought this you would like this," and <laughs> and, and he, boy, he nailed it.
0: Groovy. And how long did that take, that process? Just like if, if a timeline of events. So from the moment you've done the recording with the voice actor, what kind of general timeline would there be for a piece? For uh, Steve
1: piece? usually does it in about four or five days. Does he? Yeah, wow. he has a day job, so he has to work at it in little pieces. Mm. Uh, but I, I, we timed it uh, so I could pay him properly. And he says it took him about 10 hours. Okay. But I, I, I do the editing already uh, yeah. to save him time. Um, so I I stitched the the dialogue together and then give it to him so he could put the music in. And I try to be very precise with my script. Um, say you start this song, uh, song number five started here at the uh, 37 second mark, uh, bring it up to, uh, this volume. So, so that it's as fast as possible for him.
0: Yeah. great.
1: Uh, I, I don't like leaving too much of like, like on this one, I was like, please do what you can. And so it's like, it, it, it'll eat up his time away from his kids and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I try to be as specific as possible.
0: Well, we all need a Steve Gin in our lives, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with, with regards to that uh, toing and froing of of any project, I mean, what kind of uh, editorial tips have you learned over the de- well, is it decade now? Is it nearly uh, to that? Uh, yeah, it would really stand someone in good stead for just thinking about creating and honing a piece to make it sound delicious um
1: well like a lot of uh, sound people have said you know get the get the get the levels right before you record uh I, I learned that at fml like i just told dave Rudd, and i get i said just record it hand it over to me afterwards and then steve's like oh man it went right over the ceiling uh I, I, i'm like oh i, I don't know, even know what that means uh, so he goes next time. Let me give the instructions to the you know uh, to the actors. I'm like okay. So but Steve did you know I didn't want to ask Dave to do it again. And so oh. and so Steve did a marvelous job you know trying to fix my error uh, of okay, of not okay. telling the actor oh you know set the levels here whatever, um or make sure it yeah. doesn't go over this ceiling because it'll clip, uh compared to the other actor mm. especially, um right yeah that that's so I, I'm not really one to give advice on editing just because <laughs> I've made so many errors along the way. Uh, but I, I guess I guess it's just, you know, just just talk to your sound engineer and see what they need from you mm. when you direct the actors. Uh, and then the rest of it is just casting.
0: Right. Yeah. And I I, do, I love that as well. And I think the fact that you say, you know, editing isn't hands up your perhaps best asset but you can obviously <laughs> do it <laughs> um and I think a lot of folks you know working in indie audio fiction are doing exactly that you know they're wearing all the hats and mm-hmm. they're doing all of the things and learning editing as they go I mean did you go to any specific places to find out how to do things or as you were learning yes and going transom.
1: org. I, I everything I learned yeah. was from transom. org and, and what Terry Miles was able to tell me before I started the big loop um he would give me advice right. on because you know, when we did the black tapes, he did all the engineering. He did all the anything requiring, mm. like when I started the big loop, you know, because Terry's one of the ones that encouraged me to do it. I I, I, was, I wrote the scripts and then I called him and I said, okay, so I'm going to record the actors just like we do for the black tapes. He goes, yep. And I said, I'm going to do it on the Zoom thing. How do I get it from the Zoom to my Apple podcast player? And I didn't know <laughs> there was a feed. I didn't know there was a... I okay. I didn't know anything about podcasting for the duration of the black tapes right. for the first two seasons. Um, and so mm-hmm. with the big loop I learned it all. Uh, so I, I was quite uh, ignorant going into it. Um so transom.org is one I had to you know they have little workshops on their site. Uh, they have a podcast yeah. um, uh, about the, the about the specifics of recording audio, great audio. And so that really mm-hmm. um there was one there was one episode of, on on the transom. I think it's I forget what the actual podcast is called but they had an interview with this woman who recorded her free dive or recorded somebody free diving in the water. And, and she described oh, the sound. And, yeah. like, and that's how I came up with the idea for surfacing um, about a, a woman mm-hmm. in an isolated area uh, where sound doesn't matter. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's, mm-hmm. talking about a world where sound doesn't matter in an audio story is, is compelling to me. And so, you know, that, that's, yeah. uh, so Transom helped me in a lot of ways, uh, that one resource.
0: Superb. I've got to say, I did find myself holding my breath a little <laughs> <this year>. uh, <laughs> bit. That was rubbish. Um, but yeah, I, I think as well, just if we can sort of sidestep into like the business mm-hmm. side of podcasting, because that's something that more people kind of want to know more about. And I think you've got feet more firmly in than others. Did you set yourself up as a company at some point and how did you start to get things more official did you have your ndas and your contracts kind of coming in what what things did you do to sort of make things safe for you financially and business practice wise
1: yeah i set a, set up a company early on for black tapes we set up a black tapes media company and then uh with the big loop i set up a big loop productions company uh mm. uh with with the with the hope that i would sell some stuff for tv uh, right. and that would become my TV company. Uh, uh-huh. so, so, and, and that's, that's what ended up happening. Um, mm-hmm. cause you don't want to set it up once they start paying you. Uh, right. and, and you want to, <laughs> again, that safe distance between you and the product that you put out there. Uh, so the mm-hmm. company helped, um, it, it really only makes sense if you're making money, um, to set up a company. Sure. You don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd recommend it beforehand. Maybe uh, if, if you have, you know, I, I don't like the idea of people throwing away money that they don't have. Um, so, but if you have the resources, uh, and it's all about resources, right? I, I don't like this, yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. people say, you know, when they talk about gatekeeping, we're well, like, well, there's different gates you have to go through there's gates everywhere. And, and this is one of them, uh, the, the setting up a company, if you can afford it, uh, and you have, you want to take this the distance and it's, and it's part of your goals to make a living out of this, then, then by all means, set up a company whenever you think you're going to start making a profit from this.
0: Grand. And, um, you know, talking folks about contracts and all that kind of thing, did you get uh, advice on that and, uh, then start to send those out to folks? How did that kind of side of things work?
1: Um, no, I just made up a, I found a template online. I can't even remember where it was. And I just sent it out and I just made up my own number to, to pay actors. I'm like, if I pay this much, will you do this role. And it was very simple. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it, cool. it helps that I picked decent people. Uh, it's not like yes. I'm working with a lot of actors. Um, okay. uh, yeah so it was it was quite simple pretty straightforward it's um, I'm sure it gets more complicated at a higher level but that I don't, I don't deal with that end uh right. yeah um right, right, right. yeah so it's, it's I like to keep things as simple and clear as possible so that, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to have lawyer. I don't want actors to have to pay lawyers to look over my contract.
0: Right, no, sure. I mean, I think yeah, yeah most actors probably wouldn't be in a position to hire a lawyer either.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, it's a lot <laughs> of trust him. involved. So I want to make it as clear as possible and fair.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and funding wise, where did uh, the, most of the source come from to, to help you make these wonderful productions?
1: So for Big Loop, uh, season one, a lot of it was financed by this local watch company that was just starting up called Six Hundred Four Watches. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so they provided some money, um, and so I, I told them they could sponsor the season. I would, I would uh, shout them out at the beginning of every episode, uh-huh. um, and then I used Midroll to help me find ads for the first season. Right. Um, but I, Midroll are awesome to work with, but because of the tone of. The big loop and i'd be reading them a lot of ads would have distracted from the story so it's right. so hard isn't it yeah i said no wonder ads no this ads i don't want this cut you know these kind of products just because the tone i don't want people giggling in the middle right in case we have some kid <laughs> yeah. listeners you know i just don't want anything like that
0: Whoops. Whoops. Hey. What? what did you say enjoy your audio pictures of the day <laughs>
2: Hello, hello. These are my top five audio fiction recommendations. Uh, The first one is The Adventures of the Forget-Me-Nots, which I'll admit, shameless self-plug, I am the creator, one of the writers, and a voice actress on this show. Number two is The Adventures of Tarzan. Number three is Korra, Number four is Radio Outcast, and number five is A Dragon Tamer's Fable. All of these shows are written and produced by some really lovely people, so I hope you give them a shot. Whoops.
0: Whoops. What did we do? We shared all day highlights with you. Oi. Um, yeah.
1: and then it got to a point where when I started season two. They're like, "Okay, you're you're. It's getting harder to find." Uh, uh, advertisers for you because you're being really picky and, 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 I, and it's, it's fair like, you know, I, allowed, and I, 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 sure. I just told them you know maybe season two I, I won't use you guys then and th- so I thought you know um uh, I did hit my goal uh, of turning mm-hmm. one of the episodes of The Big Loop into IP for, for Hollywood so I, I used that money and said I'll finance season two and I'll just use the ad space wow. to promote people I like uh, so I promoted <laughs> No Sleep I promoted other audio fiction and other Musicians or whatever. I just I just use that space really? so it sounds like an ad, but it fits the tone of the show. Uh, yeah. It makes it, it makes it feel like a, a show with an ad, but I'm getting yeah, but I'm getting nothing from it. It just it's just shouting out people who have supported me.
0: Uh. See, that creative control is wonderful. And again, what a wonderful thing to do, you know, to big up other people in the community. I think that's fantastic. But um, I could only
1: do that because uh, I got fortunate in in making a profit mm. off of the season one sale to a, a media company in, in L.A. Right. So uh, without that, I, the necess- necessity would have forced me to get sponsors again. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And how much of that hard work did you do to get that interest? Were you putting tendrils out here and there or were people approaching you? <laughs>
1: Uh, it was all. It was me. It was, it was uh, the Hollywood studio. They well, the network. They reached out to me mm-hmm. um, out of the blue and said, "Hey, uh, we are interested in this thing of big, big Loop," and I got to pitch it, and that's how I sold it. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the advertising, that, that was mid roll, just me asking mid roll. But mid roll knew me from the black tape, so it was quite easy.
0: Right. Um, and that was yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and that was all
1: Terry with black tapes. Terry did the legwork okay. of 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 um, getting all these ads. Yeah, and we'd make forty-five minute episodes so that we could have two ad breaks, uh-huh. so that we could pay our actors more, and we could oh. uh, uh, have some for ourselves. Yeah, um, that's that's how that's how that worked. And Terry's really smart about these types of things and saying, uh. you know, if we have forty-five minutes, you know, he, he worked that all out and. It, and he's the one that did the legwork to get certain ads yep. that we never would have gotten.
0: See, this oh. is the thing, isn't it? It's like, how exciting is it that you actually do get to be able to to have the business working fully? And I think that's what the the dream of a lot of creative podcasters is, to be able to be paying your actors and crew what they deserve, as well as yourself. And I think that's the other thing. It's like, are you being paid? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get some
0: pennies. Because I know a lot of other people uh, are saying like, uh, I've done this and this and this, but I, I haven't taken any yet. And it's like, OK.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And,
0: and so I don't know what advice you have for folks about that, if anything.
1: <laughs> I, it's re- You know, it's really hard for me to give advice because we got lucky with the black tapes. Right, uh, and we got what is it at now? Fifty-one million listens Goodness. over two and a half seasons.
0: Wow!
1: Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's 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 that's that can't happen today. Like no no audio. I don't even know if Q code shows are getting that many. Oh, uh, you
0: don't know their numbers. It's all very quiet about numbers, isn't it? The reality of it. I don't think anybody really knows because yeah. it's very hard to measure. I find
1: they they might be getting those numbers. I have, I really have no clue. Um, hmm. I hope they are because they don't sound cheap to make wow. those those shows. But it's it's. You know the big loop. Um, I wasn't able to pay myself from the podcast. Okay. Uh, I was only able to pay myself from the selling of the IP. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's that's you know it's it's, I'm uh, my business model now is going forward. I'm creating these podcasts as IP... this was sort of like what well, I guess Wondery's model mm-hmm. is. You know, creating podcasts so they could get the TV money. Yeah. Uh, because the podcast itself is it's, you're not going to make a lot of money out of it. Right. Um. So, so that's what I'm doing with my audio drums. <laughs> we did that with the. Black tapes, that was the purpose mm-hmm. uh, to create a movie. We got a TV deal instead Uh the big loop. I want to sell them off as IP. That's happening. Um, the the ho- historical horror. Uh, I got really lucky on that one where they, the TV company just bought it off the idea. Oh. Mm. Um, uh, and I'm in talks right now with people who want to finance and help me make my new sci-fi horror. Oh. Uh, so ha- I had meetings this morning, but that, I'm at the position now where people will finance it and pay me. Yeah. And and the negotiation now is like, uh, how much of the IP do I get to keep? Because I want most of it. Yes. Um. So I could pitch it for TV. Uh Or else the pie, or the pie becomes not as 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 palatable mm. <laughs> for, on my end. Okay. Um. And if it ever comes to the point where, uh, if it ever got to a point where I couldn't find a buyer for a show, I'd probably, you know, I set up the big loop company so I could finance. My own shows yeah. and have 100% control of that. Yes. But again, that's, that's just from being fortunate in making these things. And, and it all stems from the black tapes coming out when it did in 2015.
0: Yeah. So sometimes it is timing right sometimes it is but you don't do yourself down because it is a mighty fine show on the landscape too right and it's still (laughs) cited as a lot of people's shows that got them into creating you know so I think big it up for for that too it's legacy is and always will be there right so that's yeah I'm I'm,
1: I'm proud of that legacy I I, I just like I just like to hammer this point all the time about (laughs) us being lucky because I think those of us who've been lucky uh, knowing how hard it is and knowing how tenuous this this could have been a year later and black taste might not be have given me the career that i have so it's up it's on us to sort of become the people who highlight the shows that are worthy of being highlighted right like i'll find shows that i love i'll ask them do you have an agent Mm. um introduce them to my podcast agent at icm Mm. uh or i've done that a few times or introduce them to other people that i know find help them find resources or or my specialty if an indie audio drama they like, they write me. I had two last week where they wrote me and said, Hey, we got approached by this agency. Do you know them? What do we do? And so I just walked them through the process of selling your IP and how to, how to leverage your voice. Like how much of the TV do you need to write? Like, do you want, do you want to be the showrunner? Do you want, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I could, I could guide people. So if your listeners are there, anyone listening, who's in that position of you've been contacted by a professional agency in Hollywood and you don't know what to do and you don't want to be ripped off Email me at bigloopproductions at gmail.com and I will guide you through it. Um,
0: What an offer. You're so wonderfully generous with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think your your heart shines through your work as well, right? It's just so wonderful to see all the, the the different exciting storylines coming through. And it sounds like you've got some fun things lined up that are also based in real life. I know you say you've written the the book as well about your teaching experiences. <laughs> I mean, would you be be tempted to to come back and do more audio fiction based on any of those kind of elements of your your life so far? Um.
1: It's, it's, it's really hard because, uh, audio drama to get attention on, it's really hard to do straight drama in audio, uh, unless you're the BBC, <laughs> like we haven't, okay. we have an automatic audience, a built-in audience. if I put out a drama based on my teaching years, I don't know what, what kind of audience I would get for that. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm, uh, people have put me, not people have put me, I've, I've made myself part of a genre. Uh, I'm a horror mm-hmm. sci-fi guy. Um, and right. I, I, and okay. people, people listen to my stuff cause they expect that kind of thing. If I was to put out a straight mm-hmm. drama with zero genre elements, I don't know if people would be interested in hearing that from me, um, to, to be honest. I, I, and I, I, I can yeah. see myself writing it, getting into it, putting it out, and the numbers not like not putting it on anyone's radar so that it becomes IP for a sale later on. Um, yep. and, and,
0: so we're looking for things under a pseudonym, so anything by <laughs> Sally Bay, we'll be able to fathom it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if
1: I could ever make a pure sitcom uh they'll knock mm. people's socks off that would be a goal like I I always try to toy oh. with the idea of a audio drama sitcom
0: um I dream of yeah, that. yeah 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 uh, I love we need more comedy people we truly do I think I love sci-fi and I love horror and I love general drama but I do feel yeah comedy we especially now we need more so if you're writing it finish yeah. it let's get it made uh send it to Paul uh, <laughs> I mean, you talked about the, your, your kind of brand area. And I'm, you know, how have you managed to create the, the kind of hype behind the shows with the branding and the imaging? And any top tips for folks who are about to launch that side of things at uh, all? This
1: part, um, like with the black tapes, we, we you know, we, we knew a lot of people around us didn't know what audio drama podcasts were at the time uh, when we started making mm. it in 2014. Um, and then, so Terry and I thought, whatever we do, That's why we had a sort of like a, uh, we tried to make it real, like a, uh, uh, like a a war of the worlds type of thing, like have people listen and and we had to get the actors on board that would agree, you know, we'll go on the website as researchers, as opposed to Mm. like the acting or else it'll it'll destroy the illusion. Uh, Once we changed the website one day to like put the actors and we got a flood of angry emails. That that we did, that you know, uh, I think it was episode six or something. We said, okay, we could do it now. And then uh, we asked actors for permission. And then all of a sudden, we got these angry emails saying, uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 "You know, you're, you're, you're just... destroying the illusion, right?" <laughs> I, 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 I like we we actually want to believe this is real. We're like, oh, okay, we guess we're going back uh, to to the thing. And um, yeah, so so our we thought, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna make the show and self describe it in a way where people could word of mouth this show to each other at a party. And Mm -hmm. we predicted when we launched in May or whatever of 2015, uh, we said, Halloween's coming up. Uh, Let's make sure we really dig into our message that this is a ghost hunter doesn't believe in ghosts with a collection of tapes that he can't solve. Uh Right? And that's easy. It's an easy mouthful. And then we found out uh, after Halloween, uh, uh, we're listening to the Nerdist podcast and they're like, dude, Mm -hmm. I was at the Halloween party in Hollywood and everyone's talking about the black tapes. Right? (laughs) And he described it just as we had packaged it for them to Uh to repeat to each other. Not repeat, but just to describe it. And so if you're going to make a show and you want it to be uh, uh, cut through the noise and want to get out there, make sure you help the listener describe your show in a sentence to each other. It's got to be word of mouth. Because, you know, even with the big loop, I had a trouble. People describe it. It's an anthology series like the Black Mirror, but not really. That's not a (laughs) that's not a real hook at all. Uh, So so I did not do do it that way. I just thought I'm just going to focus on the quality of the show. And hopefully (laughs) people just and people just say, just listen to it right yeah. um but it it would have worked better if i had a hook but the hook didn't fit the stories i want to tell unfortunately right um mm. and i'm just lucky that it landed where it did and i got the i got the i reached the goal that i did but that that you know just it it, uh, it would have been better if i had a hook
0: yeah i think that's a lot of people's kind of stumbling block actually is the whole marketing arena i do feel but um <laughs> but that aside i mean final questions really what were your biggest problems do you feel that you've had to solve along the way, that you did kind of win over in the end, uh, that folks might come across while making their own thing.
1: Um, maybe the first time uh, one of the challenges uh, was was when TV people first started reaching out to us. Um, mm. it was it was way it's over my head.
0: Territory. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't
1: yeah. know. You know, we expected it. Uh, uh, what, what did Oprah Winfrey say? Always plan for success. So Terry and I, whenever <laughs> we did something, we always said, okay, let's get those, let's get the bigger feed, let's get uh, you know. We need more room on this one or let's, let's plan for this. Let's start a company because if we're going to be successful, we're going to get paid. And so, you know, we, we plan to be successful. Also, why are we doing this? Uh, but mm-hmm. then when they actually started reaching out to us, uh, maybe not Terry so much because he's been involved in that. But for me, I was like, what is, what is going on? Uh, we're okay. meeting with major showrunners. Uh, Black Tapes was actually attached to a, a, a Canadian company a studio uh-huh. for a bit to turn into a TV series. Oh. Wow. But it, it moved so slow. By that point, this, the, all the L.A. companies started approaching us. And right. so we had to leave the Canadian company to sign on because, they were, you know, the deal wasn't even signed. Um, okay. uh, Canadian entertainment works at a different pace. Uh, so, Canada,
0: you missed it. You missed yeah. it, Canada.
1: So, so we went to sign with the, the manager. He's like, I have, I have a show called Game of Thrones that I'm creating with these guys. And we're like, okay, we'll come with you. And so it's like, it's, uh, it, was, it's, it was way over my head. Um, thankfully, there's uh, all these writing podcasts that help catch me up to the business uh-uh. and the nature uh-huh. of the business. Um So, yeah. uh, So that's one thing. I I wish I'd prepared more for that at the beginning. Um, Mm. But even then, I don't know how much I would have helped unless I experienced it. Um, The other thing is just I think I've been good at this. Uh, I I try to enjoy the experience as much as possible um, so I can think back on it. Like uh, the black Tapes moved so quickly, I didn't get to enjoy all of it. And also because I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> uh, like I see Terry working on you know, some stuff uh, with, with the mics. I wish I'd been more curious on that side instead of just focusing on, you know, hanging out with uh, my friends who are the actors and joking around, uh, right. while he's setting up mics. I wish I would sort of paid attention and I thought, you know, just learn more of that side at the time instead of catching up when I made the big loop.
0: Okay. okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cause Terry,
1: Terry would have taken the time to teach me all that as it was going, but, okay. but I just thought, ah, Ter- that's Terry's job. He'll do it. Right?
0: <laughs> Compartmentalize everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not—it's
1: not, <laughs> not, not a healthy way to be for me as a as a creator. Uh, I should—I should. Uh, I was wasting a resource in, in my friend Terry, and he did yeah. offer it before the big loop. I'll help you whatever you can, but yeah. you know I, I don't want to take up all this time. Right, oh. I, I should have been doing that during the black tapes. So uh, now I try to immerse myself in everything, uh, without yeah. getting in anyone's way. Um, yeah
0: that I mean that's another thing isn't it as a creative you know I, I love to write produce act in, and uh, direct the things I do too and just the, the absolute fun in that has come from learning from other people watching and being obviously directed and produced as well yeah. uh, and working with, with writers on things and I, I think yeah I think you're definitely got that. a nub of things there is like soaking up other people's amazing talents and yeah not being afraid to ask how did you do that
1: yeah yeah so <laughs> um, I, I learned that lesson mm. when uh, when marvel hired me to to mm. direct their show uh marvels uh yes. written by lauren Shippen. Uh misha stanton Fantastic. did the sound design i got to work closely Yay. with misha and this time i didn't take it for granted i stood behind misha um we talked <sighs> about mics i asked yep. all the questions i'm like why why are we using instead of this ambient fancy mic that picks up all the sound why are we setting up eight different mics around and misha explained mm. to me oh this this is the surround sound we can do with eight separate mics i know how to mix it and Misha would show me how they're going to mix it Uh, uh, and I learned a lot. genius. Yeah, and I was able to, and it made my direction better because I was able to aim, uh, aim the actors a certain way without Misha having to, you know, to to, to bug me about it every time, right? Mm, We became a, we became a smooth process. And
0: symbiosis. Exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, and that's it, isn't it? Having an engineer like the amazing Misha to work alongside and with, and uh, you know that you're going to get quality at the end of yes. it, right? So there's there's that uh, wonderful <laughs> relationship already. I love but, that um, part of, of knowing mm,
1: everyone's the best at their job. I love mm, when I'm in there directing yeah. and, I, you know, uh, I've never directed celebrities before. So when Method Man's in front of me, I, I felt, I, I, I thought, well, I'm going to be a little intimidated. And then I turned back at Misha. We had a system where I would do direction my one one, a certain way. Then look back at Misha, and if Misha, I would know. Misha would pick up on anything that I missed.
0: Yeah. And Misha would
1: find a a subtle way, like, "Uh, uh, Paul, I gotta, I gotta click on that one. Can we do it again? And that was our language for like, okay, let's do that other performance that we were talking about before. (laughs) Uh, And maybe they'll do a different type of delivery, and it always worked, right? Without, without, without stepping on anyone's toes, and just creating a very comfortable. A uh, friendly, a uh, uh, family-like atmosphere. And it just became a fun process that way, uh, yeah. knowing that someone like Misha
0: is right behind me
1: doing what oh. they need to do and will pick up on my errors.
0: But I bet you're impressive in that room too, right? I think, you know, you've earned the right to be there. I mean, you know, creating the Marvel shows isn't, you know, a little drop in the ocean. It's a, a very cool and big gig to be doing. And did you enjoy doing that side of things after doing your own things too?
1: Yeah, it was, it was so much fun because I love casting and they let me cast this one. Ah. Um, and so, and then when I wanted certain actors, it became like a discussion, a great discussion among producers. Like, why, why, why do you want this one? Why do you want this yes. actor? Right. I'm like, well, you know, I imagine the voice this way. Right. And the, it, it just became a great process. And once I got in the room, um, I was like, I, I patted myself on the back one time when I was like, "Oh man, I cast the hell out of this thing. I did it. I'm so glad I got my way on these ones." <laughs> so, oh, right? It was, I it's it's like it's uh, I, I do pride myself on the casting, and then you know just um uh, just talking to the actors of of why I cast them and they they could it, they it just inspired them to bring more to the table. Yes. Um, you know, That's it. Right. having
0: the confidence from you behind them, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what's
1: great? I, I thought, I thought these these big stars who've been on Star Trek and all that kind of stuff. I thought they were going to come in, and I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know a lot of celebrities. I thought they might come in. I've heard horror stories where people come in, and you know, it's only audio drama, so I'm not going to put 100 okay. percent into it because it's not mm. TV or media. But they gave their mm. all. They were so Good. serious about their craft, uh, right. and 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 it, it was just a beautiful experience seeing people take this so seriously uh Mm. and and and, uh, treat it like the art that it is and uh you know it it was just it was just wonderful
0: it is very cool, isn't it? And I think just there was a Avi zeev put a picture of the Sandman up on a it's on a massive billboard. I think going into LA or somewhere groovy, and just to have audio drama having you know the forum and the the audience to look up and see these kind of things now and things like Marvel coming in, I think can only bring more people to hopefully enjoy the indie side of things too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think it's a very positive step, and um, and I hope people like your good self, you know, who also are making good things take a leaf out of your book and help to to big up some of the uh, indie creatives as well so yeah keep going with that so let's finish (laughs) with the final most amazing tip top tips from Paul Bay's brain as to how to make the next groovy thing that's got sustainability and audio awesome what do they need to do
1: just make the most immersive story that you can you you have it if you're not indie if you're an audio drama you have a story you want to tell put yourself in the listener's shoes and, and think about how would I want to receive this story? Uh, What do you want them to feel and write it that way? Uh, Produce it that way. It's all about the tone and the feeling. Um, It's not information. It's not like other podcasts where you're conveying information or, uh, or a dynamic between two hosts joking about something. This is, Mm. this is emotion and feeling and tone that you're conveying. So work in, work closely with your writers, your sound designers, uh, your producers, to put yourself in their shoes and 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 try to write in such a way where you you want like with intentionality you want them to feel this um you can't control it but just aim for that
0: Yes. Uh, empathy is a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so, yeah, hearty thank yous for coming on and sharing all that you have today. Maybe we'll have you back on a future season to talk about your potential TV deal fun extravaganzas, because I'm sure there's a lot of in-depth things we could chat about <laughs> just to prepare other folks if that's going to happen. That'd
1: be wonderful. But thank you. Thank, thank you
0: so, so much. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to your to your next endeavors and hope you have the it's fun making them because after all that's what life's about isn't it isn't it it is it is <laughs> so thank you heartily and uh, yeah happy creating Paul
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me on Sarah
0: oh, you're welcome take care bye bye hooray awesome
1: I'm going to stop recording here
0: <laughs> superb Paul you're fabulous I love the fact that you know you've you, you made it right you're making some wonderful shows with some wonderful folks and you're still pushing that envelope and, I think the fact that you, you know, still helping boost that indie shows is just bloody brilliant. So thank you. For that. <laughs> oh wait, is it finished? Oh, mom. <laughs> no, no, we we could have chatted for hours and hours, couldn't we, Paul? Couldn't we? Couldn't we? <laughs> I do hope to have him back. You know, we can talk a little bit more about the things we talked about that we could talk about more. <laughs> So uh, yeah, huge thank yous to the brilliant Paul Bay for sharing all of that fantastic expertise and this wonderful offer of help. You're an absolute legend, sir, and good luck on your future adventures. I hope they all come to fruition and make you creatively happy and financially stable. <laughs> I've got to say, I think it is a fabulously inspiring story of uh, of development, really, and uh, it's exciting. I do feel to see some adventures being picked up from audio for TV and beyond. Hmm? I mean, no matter how much of a purist you are, I guess now I do feel that at least it brings more folks to the medium. They were on the hunt for stories to share, right? So, if you're currently negotiating with a TV company for keeping your IP, stick to your guns, right? <laughs> get the deal you want and go get them. Go get them. Uh, yeah, happy, 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 happy creating all. And um, please do pass these interviews on to folks that otherwise might enjoy them. Oh, love. I would love you to help me inspire others, to be inspired by others who are sharing their stories of creativity and audio awesome. I do love chatting to folks, you know. (gasps) Who should I chat to next? Let me know. Quirkyvoices at gmail.com. Should I chat to you? Why? Why are you so amazing? (laughs) Tell me and we'll sort a date. I cannot wait to share next week's guest with you. It's only Anthony Olivier. (laughs) I'm so excited. We talk microfiction and more. So, in the meantime, keep listening, keep making, keep being amazing. And I'll talk to you next week on Indie AF. Bye.
1: Hey, fellow story lovers, this is Jonathan Cormer, tumbling into your pod feed to let you know that season three of the Dork Tales Storytime podcast will begin on January 13th. And just like our friends at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, we'll be unlocking new fairy tales, fables and untold hero stories that will surprise you. Prepare for unexpected special guests. Find geeky twists and turns around every tale. Come with me and Mr. Reginald T. Hedgehog into our world of pure imagination. Follow our pod and find a link in the show notes to sign up for our newsletter, and you'll be the first to know when our Scrum Diddlyumptious Season 3 begins.
0: I think that'll do, won't it? That'll do. That will I do.